Hey y'all, thank you for joining the BG Waterfowl Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Hopper. going on guys we are on our seventh episode of the bg waterfowl podcast it is a beautiful afternoon here in memphis tennessee and uh, my guests today are i believe they said originally from florida and i'm sure they'd rather have that uh that florida weather than a humid georgia weather where i think they're currently at now but uh (laughs) today i've got tony and tristan with zero duck 30 and like I told Tristan before we got on, I have not looked into it and I've not looked it up because I wanted to hear their missions and their goals and who they are and what they're about. So I'm going to learn as well as the listeners are going to learn at the same time. So uh, why don't y'all go ahead and individually take your turns and uh, yeah. tell us who you are and what you're about over there at Zero Duck 30. Well, you know, um, this is Tony and, uh, um, you know, we started this as, uh, as the name came from us uh, buying a boat. And we said, well, you can't have a boat without a name, right? Mm-hmm. So Tristan came up with the name Zero Duck 30. And I was like, man, that sounds cool because it's like a mission, you know, and that kind of thing. And uh, that's where it originally came about. But then we were just kind of, you know, putting our brains together one night and said, you know, there's we need to bring a better message out to hunters and we want to show the reality of hunting because the TV world has gotten so commercialized where it makes it look as if, if you don't go out and shoot limits of mallards, if you don't shoot a 12 point buck, you know, um, you're just not successful. And most of the majority of us veteran hunters, we know that most of the time you're not successful, you know? And so, um, but we wanted to help bring the reality of that um, to light, you know. So um, that's kind of the main reason why we started. For sure. Yeah, and uh, my, this is Tristan, guys. And um, the other thing is, you know, Tony is an ex-Navy guy, so kind of playing on the zero duck 30 thing there. Right, right. Um, but, yeah, no, he summed it up really, really well on kind of what we're about. And um, we got a YouTube channel and have been putting out uh, videos from day one and, the mistakes are out there for sure and the successes are out there. So we just kind of try to show it all within reason, you know, I mean, obviously if you don't kill a single duck, there's nothing to show, but. (laughs) Well, uh, I believe like we were saying before we got on here on TikTok, um, uh, obviously they've, I think I've talked about it on here before. They are after me and the buck Gardner TikTok hot and heavy, but, uh, they actually caught zero duck 30 and put them in TikTok jail permanently is what it sounds like. We we got we got life in prison. <laughs> yeah, man. They so we had built it up over uh, about two and a half years. Like when we started Zero Duck Thirty, started the TikTok, and then we were up to about twenty three thousand followers. And uh, like we were talking about before the Zach, uh, you know, I would try to push the limit on what I could get away with, showing a dead duck here or something. And um, I would have some that would you know do really well. And then I guess somebody saw it and reported it, and yeah. then. Uh, it get taken down and after so many times they just straight up stole our account <laughs> and uh now for the past you know six weeks or so i've been rebuilding the, the other account um which is underscore zero duck 30 but um yeah it's kind of frustrating man yeah i completely agree there it's like 
once you get caught the first time, it's like they have the TikTok FBI watching you. And even, sure. even if you, like, make a suggestion that you're maybe hunting or, you know, shooting a gun or something, it's like, yep, going to get you again. Like, you thought you were going to yeah. get away with that. But, and that, that's happened, hey, got, that happened to me, so. You know, I got a good idea. Maybe we should start uh, on our duck hunts. We should start taking, like, a toy food a lot with us. And have have that out in the spread so that we have uh, you know nice TikTok to put out. <laughs> right, yeah. Have a have a have a little toy poodle with a, a a duck chew toy in the corner of the blind or something like that. Yeah. So we're family friendly over here. But yeah. but uh, I was kind of mentioning this to Tristan. You know, just kind of joking. Um, and because it's uh, relevant to today, uh, I was saying that Elon should have bought TikTok instead of Twitter so we could post more duck hunting content but, uh, I, I know it man i wish it would have happened it would have been uh, a huge success for every single hunting brand or hunting yeah. everybody that posts anything about hunting would be a win for yeah yeah that, you would probably for for two weeks you know i don't care who you are you couldn't scroll through tiktok without seeing blood yeah <laughs> yeah yeah so it would be everybody's videos and stuff that they that they got taken down or that they wanted to post, but no, they couldn't. And everybody would just throw that up instantly. I mean, kind of like Twitter <laughs> is now everybody's firing away all these tweets about, you know, all this, you know, stuff going on in the political world and nothing's happening to them and people are gaining followers back. And it's almost like, okay, we see the reality of what's going on here now that nobody's censoring these people just for an opinion, like, and every, mm-hmm. and, and one side's very, very mad about it. And you're like, Okay, from the outside looking in, it's like you kind of kind of see what's going on, and mm-hmm. but it is what it is, and I'm sure if people wanted to listen to the news, they turn on Fox or CNN. I guess, so <laughs> I, um, I totally agree. Yeah, so I mean, <laughs> we had an itinerary for what we were going to talk about, but I think we just literally scrolled through that thing in like five minutes um, because <laughs> we were going to talk about how social media correlates to what we do in our industry mm-hmm. and uh, how how it's helped and how it's hurt us. Uh, mm-hmm. And, I mean, we were talking before, I feel like my account, or Buck Gardner's account, is maybe possibly shadow banned just from the lack of reach and views and likes I'm getting. Um, mm-hmm. but we also said it could be because of the possible boom in turkey hunting that, waterfowl is just not getting the attention right now because turkey is trending or maybe fishing is trending, something like that. Um, so why don't you, it sounded like you had a lot more intelligent answer than I did. So share your view, um, share you guys, your guys view on, um, what do you think is going on? Because we're having the same issues and you said you're having the, uh, some of your people that you've talked to are having the same issues about, uh, why we're not seeing, I guess the, the reach and people actually, engaging with our accounts for sure no i think um like i said i had talked to three or four other guys that do the same similar thing we do you know with youtube and um have an instagram page and stuff and uh they're all in the same boat um as what you were saying with the buck gardener page um you know as soon as duck season maybe a week or two after as soon as that um ended we pretty much lost all um all of our engagement i mean it's like 25 percent engagement that there was Mm-hmm. And, uh, same with, same with our YouTube views, they dropped off drastically, but so last year going into the off season, I noticed that our YouTube views dropped off, 
um, right until about teal season. Mm-hmm. So I'm really interested to see if it picks up again about that time. So, yeah, I I am under the impression that mm-hmm. um, since COVID in 2020, you know, it happened in the spring that the turkey hunting. I mean, I don't know who did it and what happened, but it's like mm-hmm. Duck Dynasty came out with a turkey hunting something and it just blew up because that's all I'm seeing. And don't get me wrong. I love turkey hunting. That's, I mean, that's, mm-hmm. it, it's really close to waterfowl for me. And I mean, it just seems like that's all I see. And I think the, the algorithms and stuff, the way it goes now with Instagram, with uh, TikTok, and I won't even bring up Facebook because I'm just so over Facebook at this point. <laughs> it, it has been a battle, a losing battle for me, but I mean, obviously the algorithms are going with what people are liking, what hashtags people are liking and using, and and I'm guessing the the lack of waterfowl and the rise in turkey is is just maybe that's why it seems like you know our accounts maybe not shadow banned, but definitely aren't flowing with the algorithm because it is a different hunting season. Yeah, I agree. I think so. And you know, we're trying to kind of at least on our YouTube. Um, try to do some different things. I mean, um, as far as like, you know, trying to get out and get film a turkey hunt, um, hasn't been going well yet, but we still have a couple weeks. So, but just different stuff like that. So we're not just so, you know, one, um, one element, you know, on our YouTube. Yeah, no, completely. Hey guys, we need those toy poodles. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, we're going to, we're going to have to do something off the wall. Um, for sure. For sure. Um, but no, y'all, Well, you know, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say, you know, the, the good part out of that is it's making us try and figure it out. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so in that, you know, it, some people will, will, will gain some success and make some traction because they'll figure out, hey, this is how you get, get a hold of those people during this off season. You know, so. Yeah, sure. for sure. And maybe we can correlate that to hunting. It's it's like, like, like we said, it's it's the reality of it isn't what you see on the mainstream uh, YouTube and outdoor channel and stuff like that. It's the, it's the, the failure. I mean, most of the time it's the, the lack of success and it's like yeah. for us that are running these um, social media pages, it's like, man, I'm posting every day and I'm making content and I'm trying and I'm doing. And it's like when mm-hmm. it finally blows up that one time, or maybe your TikTok gets, you know, however many thousand views or a certain number of your likes and you're like, heck yes, finally. Finally, I put in uh-huh. all this effort, and it's just like hunting. I mean, when it happens right yeah. one time, it makes it all worth it. That's a good point. That's a good way to, yeah, um, you know, kind of relate the two for sure. Definitely yeah, no, we see. Oh, go ahead, I said definitely a uh, glass half full type perspective on that. But go ahead with mm-hmm. what you were saying, Tony. No, I was just going to say, you know, it's, it's, it's so much work because after our first season, we looked at each other and said, we need way more content, mm-hmm. way more. And I mean, we had four cameras going, you know, I mean, it, we, it, we thought we had enough and we did not, you know, and um, it takes a lot of high quality, nice content to, to be able to, to get those good views and things like that. So, you know, this past year we invested uh, in equipment and, and had, uh, a good friend of ours from Salty Shots that came over and did some shooting for us and did an excellent job. And that really made a big difference uh, yeah. in propelling us uh, this year, for sure. 
Yeah, I've definitely looked into y'all's TikToks. And, and like you said, it's just the quality of video that grabs people's mm-hmm. attention. It's the high-definition and high-resolution videos that are that are getting all the likes and stuff. Like, you take, um, I mean, who am I going to use, for example? Like, Bo Brooks on his TikTok, for example, because it's turkey season, and that's kind of like what he, I mean, he does it all. But, like, for right now, he's making mm-hmm. all these, you know, with his camera, like his you know, his very good camera equipment, and he's just getting a ton of views and stuff like that. But he also does, like, the instructionals mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And so I think if you have, like, a broad range of different things, like, this is the gear I use, and then here's a hype video of this hunt we went on. Like, it's like people sure. like all of that type stuff, but it's just like which one is actually going to pick up the traction because you've seen people do, um, like, all these. Like, I did a, a to- how-to tuning uh, series on our TikTok, and – um, only one of those seemed to like actually get some attention. I'm just like, I use the same hashtags oh. and everything. So I don't, I don't understand why one did better than the other, but it is what it oh. is. And, 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 and that's it awesome is. that y'all are. It is weird, man. Yeah. I, I like the, like you're saying the, the camera equipment, it's just like, you gotta, uh, spend money to make money. I mean, that, that, that applies like, <laughs> I guess very well to that situation. You got to have the what seems like very, very good equipment to, um, and I guess the know-how of how to edit and stuff like that, because that seems to be uh, more of the the end type videos. Like, used to, you know, I, mm-hmm. I would come home from school as a kid, and I would turn on the outdoor channel, and I'd watch a 30-minute hunting video. Well, now it's sure. less than five-minute hype videos that are seem to, <laughs> seem to be the trend now because of TikTok and Instagram Reels and YouTube and, you know, whatever else, that seems to be the end thing. And that's why, you know, in my opinion, that's why y'all's uh, page has been successful because y'all have the, you know, like I said, y'all have the different types of content. You have videos of y'all mm-hmm. on the podcast, and then you have the hype videos that are, you know, have the trendy music and stuff like that. And, you know, that's just kind of, I guess, what you got to have these days. For sure, man. And that's, that's kind of what we've been trying to follow, too, is, um, you know, eyeballing the different trends and music and that kind of thing. And, trying to hop on those and uh the podcast clips have actually kind of surprised me as well like um some of them have gone for two four six thousand views and um, i've really kind of been surprised by that because it might be a minute of us talking about something and the whole thing is to grab somebody's attention quick on there mm-hmm. and i guess just whatever we were talking about was in those clips was interesting enough to grab those people's attention you know yeah and and, and i mean i don't necessarily know but I'm I'm pretty sure that TikTok, like even the words that that come mm-hmm. out of your mouth, like it picks up on certain things. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's you know I'm I'm not uh, you know, I guess when I was going through uh, school <laughs> mm-hmm. um, to get my marketing degree, TikTok was not yet a thing, and so yeah, <laughs> Facebook, Instagram, you know, LinkedIn, like I'm old school, but so sure. uh, we've had to definitely adapt to what you know, how popular TikToks become and stuff like that. But, you know, enough of the, of the boring non-hunting talk. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I have been so eager to ask, and because I, I saw it on your TikTok, like I said, I haven't looked into anything because I wanted you all to tell me, Florida mm-hmm. duck hunting, what in the mm-hmm. world is wrong with y'all? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I've got to know. Tell me about Florida duck hunting because – I think Florida, I think vacation, I think beach, I think uh, offshore fishing, um, mm-hmm. that's what I think of. I mean, 
I'd love to go down there and turkey hunt, but any, other than that, I, what? So please get into that. Tell me about Florida duck hunting. Where did it start? Like, have you always done it? What? I got to know. Well, uh, Tony, I'll let you kind of start because when we first started duck hunting, it was a buddy asking you to duck hunt in Florida. And I guess you kind of wanted to take it from there and then. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I got into duck hunting. I went a couple times uh, when I lived in Illinois. We're originally from Illinois, um, along the Mississippi River. And I had people, buddies of mine, that were always saying, come duck hunting. And I was like, if I do that, my wife is going to divorce me because I, I've i got an addictive personality. And I'm like, I'll just go, I'll go too deep into it, you know. So I was always scared of it. And uh, we moved down to Florida. And I did a lot of bow hunting down there. And it's, it's really tough. Uh, it's super, super tough. And guys that are successful on public land in Florida are some of the best deer hunters out there, honestly. Um, but uh, I was getting frustrated with it. And a, a wounded warrior vet, a friend of mine, uh, he's also um, part of DU, who said, uh, hey, why don't you come out and go duck hunt with me? It's the last day of season on this public land. And I said, all right. So if, if I have to be honest, I wore his wife's waders. <laughs> so, um and uh, we went out there, you know, and um, we had an incredible hunt. There were birds buzzing us all morning long, and I had a limited teal, green wing teal, and he just kept looking at me going, dude, this is not how it works. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, whatever, man, this is easy, you know? And um, but Boy, that's how you we wrong. got started. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so that's how I got started in Florida. Now, at that point, I had no idea. I thought the same thing as you, you know, when I moved down there, I was like, what do you mean there's duck hunting in Florida? So we, we start scouting these areas and there's literally, literally areas that are marsh that are brackish water that you can be in your blind and listening to the waves crash, you know, and you're hunting wow. puddle ducks. Yeah. You know, and, um, they're, 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 the flyway is a lot different. You know, um, you don't see the breeds as like pintail um as predominant in their flowers and flowers in their feathers and their size um their colors um we don't have any mallets uh in florida um but it gives you the unique opportunity to hunt some ducks that you can't find really anywhere else and you got the model duck that's down here i got my first uh male drake or my first drake this year um you have the whistling duck species you have two different ones you have the black belly whistler and the fulvia whistler um, you know, you shoot early wood duck in Florida, um, along with during the early teal season. So there's just some unique opportunities and, and, uh, it's good stuff, you know, so. And, uh, one other thing that he was going to hit on to is, um, you know, a lot of guys go to South Central Florida, South Florida to shoot their whole plume blooming teal because teal hang out there all season. And it's one of the places where you're almost guaranteed to have that happen. If you hunt that area in January. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I actually had that happen on a, a veteran hunt. Um, they do the vet hunt at mm-hmm. the end of the season. And, uh, we went out and took some, uh, we've got it posted on our, our Instagram. Uh, we took some beautiful, um, blue wings. They're fully plumed. So yeah, it's it just, uh, it's a different world completely though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. That man, that's awesome. I'll tell you what, um, I probably didn't see my first fully plumed blue wing until, like, I'm talking about fully plumed blue wing, probably until last year I went up to Kansas, mm-hmm. 
and they were as thick as gnats up there. There was blue wing teal on every little cattle pond, lake, backwater, everywhere. And they are wow. absolutely gorgeous. They really are. And so pretty. I recently moved to Arkansas, just right across the river from Memphis. And mm-hmm. um, there's a, I don't know if it's like a relief from the Mississippi River, like it's a lake. And when I first bought the house, there was, it was a mud flat. And then I guess, you know, springtime, the water came up. Man, there was ducks all over, and it was a lot of blue wings. And, I mean, you could walk right up to them because they know it's, I guess they just have an internal clock that knows it's not duck season. And, I mean, just like heart <laughs> ducks. And I'm like, my gosh. And I got to hear, like, all the sounds they make. And I'm just like, man, that, I mean, I would really like to shoot a fully plumed blue wing teal. Um, because um, I'm obsessed, and I have a bad obsession about it. I like having stuff mounted. <laughs> I, I've got a sandhill crane and a mallard now at the taxidermist, and depending on how my Nebraska turkey trip goes, there's a good chance there's going to be a uh, a full body Rio mount on my wall um, next year. Heck yeah. <laughs> so I mean, <laughs> that's what I like spending my money on, and I'm running out of wall space. But man, that is awesome. I, I mean. I guess the uh, the trend, I guess the what's in is Arkansas public land, Canada, mm-hmm. the Dakotas, places like that to duck hunt. And, you know, I'll go up to, to Maine and get your black ducks or on the East Coast, get your black ducks. And, you know, California mm-hmm. is loaded with specks and pintails. And then, you know, you get all your mallards in the Central Flyway in Arkansas and, and Louisiana, Mississippi, whatever. And, Nobody, mm-hmm. I mean, maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm just <laughs> ignorant to the fact that people, for one, duck hunt at all in Florida, but that you yeah. know, people go down there and shoot fully plumed blue wing teal. That is pretty freaking cool. I have to, yeah, man, to check that out. It's a little bit of a hidden gem, and obviously we're a little uh, biased because, um, you know, living there and starting duck hunting there, but um, I just think it offers some really unique opportunities um, there's some great hunts to be had. Um, you know, there's several different public, I'm talking public land that you could go to if you get a quota, quota draw mm-hmm. that if you're a halfway decent shot, you're in, like, you're guaranteed to walk out of there with a limit. Um, they, they were, you know, they record how many birds are harvested off these and what type. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there'll be ones that are traditionally on average three to four birds a hunter. Um, and just, there's some great opportunities. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's not, the numbers of birds that you see in the, you know, central flyway or Mississippi flyway. But uh, the spots where it's good, it can be really cool. And, you know, those obviously those cool opportunities as well. For sure. No. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it's, um, you know, and it, 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 the craziest thing was, is, or is, is that, you know, when you hunt down there, you know, we go get a hotel room. We might be swimming in the pool the night before, uh-huh. you know, and then going in the duck blind. And then the next weekend we're in Arkansas mm-hmm. and ice storm hits and it's seven degrees, you know, or something like that. It's, yeah. it's pretty wild. And, you know, we talk a lot about um, professionals in different parts of the country and it's, it's pretty crazy. You know, we, we just had the flock doc on, on Instagram. We just had him on our last podcast and he's out of Idaho and, that was very educating for me to hear about that as well. So I've heard some um, really, really good things about Idaho, like for just scenery and travel purposes and the, the hunting out there. Um, I've always, you know, I want to travel the country and do it, but that's one place that, you know, 
uh, where am I going to travel to? I'm going to go to Dakotas. I'm going to go, you know, at Wisconsin or, you know, somewhere. You're going to go not to Idaho. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, but apparently it's just jam up up there. Um, but that, yeah, the, you know, they say that Snake River out there is just like a yep. traditional, and I hadn't even heard of, of it, you know, sadly, until uh, yeah. the Flock Doc told us about it, but. Uh, he said traditionally one of the like waterfowl meccas. Yeah, for sure. And I guess just being down here, like you just hear of, I mean, it seems like Arkansas public timber, Arkansas public timber is just drilled into your mind. Like that's the only place to duck hunt ever. And, and for you just sure. Don't, or you think about Canada. I went, I went to Canada this past year and that was just the most incredible experience. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, it was just one of the best hunting trips that I've ever had. One, because just like the, different lifestyle but i mean obviously we killed a you know a good amount of birds up there but just the it's like <laughs> i think dr duck probably has mm-hmm. the best uh motto it's like it's about the journey you know it's For it's sure. about mm-hmm. it's about the 30 something hour car ride up there with your buddies and you know fight and sleep and you know scouting on your own and freelance hunting it's you know just the whole experience was really cool but let, let's go back to florida real quick i've got to ask how bad are the mm-hmm. mosquitoes, and have you ever had to shoot an alligator while you duck hunted? So, I, I, I was going to touch on that. I was going to, you know, if we didn't get to that topic, but uh, the mosquitoes are sick, for sure. Uh, if you don't have a thermocell, you're going to have a rough morning. Um, but the gators, um, you know, they're always around. Like, we lost a couple birds this year on a hunt to a gator, but we've never had one um well tony will tell you a story in a second about one of his buddies but we've never had one like threaten us you know they usually just get away from us when we try to you know go retrieve our birds or whatever it might be yeah no it's uh it's definitely something more you got to think about when you're out there and you're setting up your decoys and waste deep water <laughs> and it's completely black yeah and you know they're there you know and y'all but one thing that's cool is that Florida opens up those areas to cater season by permit only. And it's every year and they know how many they need to manage out of there to kind of keep out the, uh, the you know, the people eating ones. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so they do a good job of managing those. Um, but every once in a while, you know, we were on uh, some public land in, uh, in Florida and, and I, I'm still frightened by it. Quite honestly, it reminded me of something I saw off of, um, you know, National Geographic uh, giant Nile <laughs> crocodile or something, you know. It, uh, but uh, but no, we were hunting one night, one time, and a good friend of mine, he's a, a doctor, and uh, he had never been out in the Florida marshes duck hunting like that. And he said, Tony, something's touching my foot. Okay. And we're in like six inches of water. I said, whatever, dude. I said, he goes, no, nah, man, something is touching my foot. And about that time, was about a, I don't know, how long is that thing? Like four or five foot. Four or five foot gator's head just goes, whoop, and comes up right next to his foot. And we're <laughs> like, hey, what's going on, buddy? <laughs> yeah, that's a big and, uh, fat but, no but, from this Mississippi boy. <laughs> <laughs> we get that from everybody we talk to in Arkansas, too. <laughs> yep, yeah. yep. But, uh, but, yeah, no, it's, uh, and, you know, on that gator note, it sure is a great thing. Um, it, if you've never been out gator hunting, um, it's not like you see on swamp people, you know, it, that's, that's more commercial. There's specific laws that you have to follow in Florida uh, right. for catching them. Um, but, uh, 
we we had that experience uh, on our bucket list before we left Florida, and it was one of the last coolest things we did. And uh, what was it, 84 inches? Or? It was like a seven and a half foot gator, yeah. so whatever that works out to. Yeah, and, bigger uh, than me. Uh, that's all I'm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So no, definitely something you gotta keep in mind <laughs> for sure. Mm-hmm. So. Don't tell me like the, but are y'all in like central, like west, like what, like I know there's like the invasive snakes. Like is that an issue down there, or is that just like not a not a problem at all? No, not as much where we've hunted. If you get down like south, like Everglades, like real south, yeah. then yeah, I'm sure you'll run into some of that. But um, where we're at, we're still probably well where we usually duck hunt. We're still probably three four hours north. I think of those kind of areas. So gotcha. we've never ran into anything like that. Just the gotcha. gators. Yeah. And water moccasins. Yeah. 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 That's, that's a pretty common thing, except I wouldn't say that I haven't had a problem with snakes this turkey season. Usually like we, where I hunt, there's a, the rattlesnakes have actually, their population has increased a good bit. Cause we usually see a mm-hmm. couple every year, but always, if you're walking through a, you know, like a marshy swampy bottom type deal, there's obviously always snakes, but, We've had a rather cool spring and haven't seen. I don't think I've seen the first snake yet this year. So, knock on wood, it'll probably happen to. It'll probably bite me on the leg or something this weekend because I said that. But um, yeah, yeah, it almost. I'm sorry, that good. I was I was gonna say like we were hunting uh, some Arkansas public land this past year and in a monsoon, mind you, it was the hardest rain I think I've ever seen, and um, the water was rising pretty quick. Uh, coming up out of the white and the white river that is and Mm -hmm. (laughs) sure enough if i don't look between me and my dog there is a snake (laughs) swimming in between us and it's like i mean it has to be below 50 i mean it definitely too cold for a snake but uh, it was actually adam the general manager here at buck gardner i was hunting with him and he was like oh yeah they he, he probably just water probably just got in his little hole and i was like Bro, there's a snake swimming beside me in the middle of January. Like, I'm freaking out. He goes and picks it up with a stick and sets it up on some dry land. I'm just like, you're a better person than me because if a steel shot wasn't so expensive, that would have been one dead snake. I don't care what kind it was. I hear that, man. Um, You know, Zach, we're talking about the gators, and I can't not tell you guys this little quick story. So one morning – Tristan was supposed to go duck hunting with me and he had to bail out for some reason. And, uh, I was kind of being a butt about it and kind of like, well, fine, I'll go by myself, you know? And, uh, I, so I went and did this and I had to get in this area with a canoe mm-hmm. and it's in uh, the marshy uh, coastal areas of, of, of Florida and, and Georgia. And, uh, uh, I'm, you know, four o'clock in the morning paddling my canoe and I know where this little cut in is and, and this all this marsh grass. And, I turned the corner and I looked and I counted 12 sets of eyeballs <laughs> yeah. staring at me. And uh, one of them seemed to have, you know, a wider set of eyeballs than the rest of them. I was like, eh, I'm out. And uh, yeah, I went over to the bank till daylight. <laughs> no kidding. That is uh, just crazy to think like all over the country, duck hunting has become so popular mm-hmm. and like what all the different, I guess what all people have to go through. I mean, the people that have to walk in miles to their spots, whereas in, mm-hmm. in, in a lot of places you can drive your boat. And then there's people in Florida that have to worry about alligators biting them on the leg <laughs> and, and stealing their ducks that they shoot. And I guess it's the same way in Louisiana too. Uh, I guess I didn't even think about sure. that. But uh, 
man, it's just crazy what different stuff people have to go through to to kill ducks and mm-hmm. why we do it, why we stay yeah. up all night to go do it, and and freezing temperatures or an alligator infested waters. We just we've got to be the craziest breed of people on this planet to go do what Felt we do. Different. <laughs> I mean, it's one hell of a life. <laughs> it is. There's no doubt about that. Is I would I would trade it for nothing. That is for sure. Um, mm-hmm. But back, well, I, I know you said you guys live in Georgia now, and but mm-hmm. you, do you still hunt in Florida? Is that what you said? Yep. Okay. I yeah, was going to ask pre- you. Pre- oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no. I was just answered. I got you. Um, I was going to ask, like, what's the hunting pressure like down there? I know you said you've got to like draw for stuff, but I was just wondering, mm-hmm. is it like actually a good crowd of people down there, or or what? Yeah. Yeah, when it's uh when places are hot, it definitely can be just as competitive as like public land in Arkansas. Um, it just depends. I mean, if it's a down duck season, and you know, then it's really not. I guess it's probably the same way with anywhere. But when it's competitive, it's been we've seen it as competitive as we've seen Arkansas, honestly. Sure. As I mean, to to the average guy that's that doesn't think about Florida, I mean, you would have never thought that people are fighting in line to get to a spot to hunt in Florida. That's just insane to me. But, hey, I mean, it's yeah. just – it's cool to know that – I mean, maybe this is maybe this is reaching a little bit, but, like, we have people that go out pitch black dark and alligator-infested waters. We have people that stay up all night to race, you know, 30-mile-an-hour-plus boats through, through woods, through flooded woods. Mm-hmm with guns and it's crazy to think that, that anybody would try to invade this country. Like we are yeah. across the board, some crazy rednecks all across this country. I mean, no kidding. I mean, that's just, I guess hitting back on man. We, I mean, just, just doing it. You're like, Oh, this is normal. Like everybody else is out here doing it. What, what we do is not normal by any stretch of the word, like waking up or not sleeping at all to go shoot at a little duck. You know, and then, like we said earlier, most of the time you're unsuccessful, but we still go up and we still don't get our sleep and, and probably don't eat enough or, well, if you're like mm-hmm. me, you eat plenty enough, but, you know, <laughs> um, it's just like that's yep. insane to me. It's I mean, it's just, I guess, thinking back and I just like, man, I, I, I wouldn't want to do anything else no matter where I was. If I was in Florida, I promise you I'd be finding me somewhere to to – to hunt but i'd probably be carrying an extra gun for an alligator <laughs> that's right well i mean when you go to florida what's kind of cool i mean think about it um you've been up in the midwest all year uh now it's all gray and dark and stuff and i mean maybe you take your family down there and you, know, you jump in on some public land hunting or you know you're just with the buddies and you're like hey dude let's go plant some offshore fishing on these days and on the next days, we're going to be smoking ducks. I mean, that's a pretty cool trip right there, you know? It really is. I mean, that's, I mean, one place you just, on a duck hunting or waterfowl bucket list, you just don't think Florida. But, I mean, like you said, y'all have got the uh, the whistling ducks and the model mm-hmm. ducks. And, I mean, I know the whistling duck population is absolutely booming, which is pretty cool because we're actually seeing them mm-hmm. up here. There's not a season for them. Like, I don't think – they're illegal to kill around here, but we're actually seeing them around here, which is pretty neat. Uh, I saw mm-hmm. some for the first time maybe two or three years ago. Had no idea what it was, and then I was like, "Wait, those are those whistling ducks because they whistle." Like, <laughs> it's what yeah. I heard. 
So that was pretty cool. Oh, yeah. They're true to their name. <laughs> yeah, for they sure. Fly a lot. They, they fly a lot different, too. They usually fly in more like geese. Um, they're slower flight, and uh, they usually fly in bees um, when they fly together or in the line. So they're pretty easy to identify. You know, if you get them within shooting range, it's a great thing. It's a great duck for, like, younger kids to hunt and stuff because it's a little bit more of a slower shot, you know? Right, yeah. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, no, it's they're fun to they're fun to hunt, sure. How does a whistling duck taste? Beautiful. Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. The whistling duck's a unique duck, you know, they do most of their feeding at night. Um, you know, and they roost during the day, which is so odd, you know, but they are really good. Um, I put it up there with um any of the badger tasting ducks, honestly. I've had no idea. What about the model duck? I just, I don't know. For some reason, that name just makes me think a model duck would have a bad taste. I don't know. What about it? <laughs> I don't think, I, I've never personally ate one. Tony might have, but uh, I still, I've shot one. I shot one this year, actually, with four shot, and it ate it and acted like it was going to fall and just kept rolling. And I guess because it's a bigger duck and there's a further shot. So that was my opportunity to get my model knife screwed it up <laughs> yeah that would probably be on like a black duck um yeah or something like that but i mean i wouldn't i mean just around here you never know i guess what uh what species you're gonna be like if you if you go shoot snow geese one afternoon or you know shoot mm-hmm. ducks in the morning whatever specs or whatever that I'm, I'm mostly always shooting two shot the smallest i'll go is three for waterfowl because like, mm-hmm. if I'm shooting them, I want to make sure they are dead. If it, if I have to dig some BBs out of the breast, you know, it is what it is. I ain't that mad about it. <laughs> For sure, man. And, uh, you know, Florida with a, such a high teal population is why, right. you know, like I think at the time I was actually shooting the like 2-4 blend, blend of some company. But, um, yeah, you just – you typically aren't hunting those bigger ducks so you're like man i almost want to you know downsize a little bit but right no i completely understand i mean if that's mm-hmm. i guess that's why they make the like the teal loads and everything like four shot or probably sure. smaller um i was shooting twos and threes and twos and four stack this past year and I mean, mm-hmm. the twos and fours my god that was a dirty combination i don't know if it was just <laughs> a choke i had or what but i mean anywhere from geese to teal and i was just i mean it didn't stop it was nasty stuff i liked it but uh that's awesome. Yeah, uh, I was going to ask y'all, and because um, I think we talked about it before we got on here, um, and we, I think I know we mentioned it early in the podcast, but the Arkansas mm-hmm. trip, um, I want to know a little bit more about it. What, what, like, was it this past year that y'all went for the first time, or we, what? It was the year, year, year before last. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so did we get into much detail about that? I don't think we did. No, no, not really. No. Okay. So no, we were just talking about the fact that we recorded what it was really like exactly. to go do it for the first time. So I want to hear more about that because Arkansas is a, a pretty cool place as far as the duck hunting goes. And especially for your first time, you know, I guess now two seasons ago. Um, mm-hmm. and, and you wanted to document how tough it actually was. How tough was it actually? Yeah, well, um, all you got to do is watch those videos and it'll really show you. But, um, you know, we basically just, you know, spent almost a year planning really the trip. And, you know, we did a lot of scouting online, um, not social media scouting, but 
true just picking out WMAs, what area, and then just kept you know, reeling it in, reeling it in. What area do we want to go to? Um, we decided that we did not want to go on the first split because we just weren't um, experienced enough, mm-hmm. you know, and we felt like that could – we didn't want to frustrate somebody that's out there that knows what they're doing. They spent all the time and money to scout, and there's some rookie guys just floating around here. <laughs> Get out of my way, you know. Oh, yeah. But we just, we just said, well, hey, let's wait for it to slow down a little bit. And um, and you know, you, you have the limited times that you can come there as an outstater. Mm-hmm. And we just, uh, we said, okay, well, we're gonna we're going seven days, I think total, isn't it, Tristan? Mm-hmm. And we're gonna spend the first three, four days only scouting. We're gonna push away the urge to hunt, and we're gonna scout. And we picked up some WMAs and. We went out there scouting. My boat broke down. The motor had issues with it. Um, then we had to get up on land and 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 flooded timber and go out there and scout. And of course, you're limited on certain WMAs where you can be um, now um, during certain hours uh, scouting and things. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, we got hit with a thunderstorm. And I did pouring down rain for two or three days straight. You know, um, it it was really really tough um it, re- it really was tough so just was there anything you wanted to add about that uh you know all that time scouting and stuff um we never did get on mallards like that we ended up finding like that fourth day um we ended up finding a really big uh like wood duck feed i guess you'd call it mm-hmm. and uh we're like shoot well we know we're gonna shoot the hell out of the wood ducks tomorrow morning. <laughs> <laughs> it ended up being a really good time just two days straight smacking wood ducks but even all of that time, we hunted until 12 o'clock both days or whatever to almost and never had a mallard come in. And just, it was just, you know, we got our wood death limit and then hope that a mallard would come by that we could call. <laughs> yep. yep. Yeah, and sure. they just realized how much we didn't know. Yeah. You know, um, but I can't go without answering that question without talking about how much we have embraced and, and loved the culture. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, of the folks in Arkansas for the most part, you know, uh, we've met some incredible people, mm-hmm. um, that we hunt public land with, that we hunt private land with, you know, um, we, we do a lot of stuff out with, uh, Delta Thunder Outfitters, uh, with Kate over there. And, uh, you know, it's just some, some incredibly nice people. And, uh, and it really helps us out with our episodes because that's what we're trying to do. You know, we're out there helping each other. So for sure. Right. I believe that I saw, like, the first TikTok of Zero Duck 30 that I ever saw. Tony, maybe it was you talking about giving a mojo to somebody. Was that y'all? Yep. Yep. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to be honest, around here, I I could not imagine nobody doing that around here. And that was a pretty cool gesture, to say the least. And I think that That was uh, good. No, I was just saying, like, that that was, that was really cool. Like, you know, you don't you don't see people a lot of times being that generous, especially with somebody that's you know hunting relatively close to you. I mean, usually you just <laughs> assume the worst. But sure. what y'all did was pretty cool. But go ahead with what you were saying. Uh, well, I was just gonna say that was um, that was in Georgia during teal season. And uh, long story short, if you go and watch our teal season episode or um, teal heaven from last year, you'll see that whole thing but the day before we hunted the same spot with 16 guys and six of them were us and we all got our limit pretty much um we shot like we shot the crap out of teal <laughs> so the next morning these two guys rolled up and we're like hey if you go set up 
200 yards this way and you can see each other like we can see the groups of you know hunters and we watch the birds go to each other and stuff and if you said over there you're going to shoot them and we saw they didn't have any action in their spread and uh we were like man and birds were just sucking right into our mojos like it's nobody's business you know how it's you are mm-hmm. and uh so we felt bad eventually because we're like man these guys haven't done nothing so tony came up with the idea to go ahead and clone them a mojo and it wasn't 15 minutes. They had five come in and they rained about. It, you know? nice. <laughs> it was great. And man, it was, it was such a cool thing because, you know, that episode is, is super special to us because I think it, it preaches the, the right message. You know, we were out there scouting, did our work for weeks at a time, getting bit by mosquitoes. We go out there to sleep on the dike overnight mm-hmm. and um, out in the middle of nowhere in a marsh desert almost mm-hmm. and here it is whatever it was eight nine o'clock we're when i go is that mud motors <laughs> and we're all like oh my god dude there's people coming <laughs> and it wasn't just a pair of hunters it was three boats with 10 hunters mm-hmm. Jesus. and as soon as i saw them um we knew that we were on a big group of deal and it, it was it was a lucky find it really was but it's you know we created our own luck by being out there scouting miles and miles right. um i said those guys are only here because they did their work and because it just wasn't one of those common places you know and mm-hmm. um i said i'm just going to go up there and tell them that we're all going to hunt together and we're going to make it work and we had uh, some physical challenges to, uh and our, our challenges with the environment to get through we had to go across a uh, a drained dike that probably could have had 10 foot of mud in it. I mean, it literally could, could have, could have been a, a very serious situation. Um, you know, we all worked together to get across that and, and, uh, ended up hunting together. And I think we shot 76 birds, um, with those guys. Yeah. So oh it's, a, it's a true testament that if you just work together, man, you can figure it out. Mm-hmm. you know and 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 i i have seen that out in the timber with with certain guys in, in arkansas but there are sure a bunch of stingy asses as well so. <laughs> yeah for sure i mean i've hit on that stuff that sort of topic several times just as far as ethics and and why why is it that i guess the generation <laughs> these days that of, of new hunters not necessarily an age of generation just the generation of new hunters um, and that, mm-hmm. you know, that can range from a 12 year old boy to a 60 year old man, uh, if right. he's a new hunter. And it's just like, to your point, y'all are, through y'all's zero duck 30 are trying to show the real way and the right way. Mm-hmm. And that's what a lot of people are not, there's not a lot of people out there doing that. And I think that's a huge issue that we see on our public land and, why, you know, there's a lot of people that refuse to come to Arkansas because they hear the horror stories of what happens on the public land there. And it's because people mm-hmm. are, you know, I, like I said, I always try to see things from both sides, and I do. And it's just like, you know, three generations of my family hunted, you know, these woods. And mm-hmm. now there's 15 boats in line to get to our hole that's never been hunted until, you know, eight years ago or whatever like that. And so I, yeah. I understand, but like, just especially I guess for the younger like as far as the age grows that they aren't shown the right way and I think it's pretty mm-hmm. awesome that y'all are you know like 
just with that simple gesture right there of giving or loaning out a mojo, like what far-reaching effect could that have on maybe what they do for a, another group of hunters one day? You know, I guess it's just... Well, and if, and if we're going to connect with those younger people, what are they doing? They're on social media. Exactly. You know, they're on social media, they're on their phones, they're on YouTube. That's, those are the people that we need to connect with. And so um, it's just, it, it works great, great hand-in-hand when we're able to uh, capture those moments and, and show those pictures. No, no, there's no doubt about it. And, and I think a preacher said it best one time, social media is the greatest good and the greatest evil out there. It can be used for just, like, awesome stuff like that. And I mean, when people reach out to me through Buck Gardner asking, like, hey, I'm new to duck hunting, what, what, what call do I need? I absolutely love that. Or when people call up to the shop, hey, um, you know, I just got into duck hunting and I might I have this call, but I'm not sure. I love that. I love helping people that actually admit they need help and want help. Um, I don't yep, know everything. Sure. I, I'm I'm not a veteran. I'm not I'm not really I guess experienced as a lot of people out there. I'm only 23 years old. Like there's a lot I have to learn. I'll never learn all of it. Tony, I, mm-hmm. I mean, it sounds like you've been in the outdoor world for a good while now. You don't know all of it, and you never will. It's but it, That's it's, right. it's the it's the attempting to learn and be better is part of the the greatness that is hunting, I guess. Yeah, and you older guys, you know what? You can learn some things from these younger guys. Um, <laughs> whether you believe it or not, I am, I'm telling you what, man. If you just stay humble and keep and just look at it from a selfish standpoint that I'm going to learn as much as I can. So I'm going to listen to people that are more successful than I am, no matter what their age no matter man or woman, it doesn't matter. Just uh, look for those those tips and things for you to be successful. You know, you don't have to be somebody doesn't have to be older than you in order for you to listen to them. You know, so. exactly. I mean, and one of the 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 things that I love so much about turkey hunting is learning more about the wild turkey, and it's <laughs> the same things with ducks. It's like, man, did you see what happened there? Like, do you see what they did? Do you see why they did that? And it's just like constantly mm-hmm. learning and learning and learning and of course, I'm not going to remember it all, but, like, just, man, that, like, I'm calling it this wild animal, and they did this for this reason. It's just like, mm-hmm. oh my God, man, like, I, like I said, there's nothing in this world I'd rather be doing than what I'm doing now. Heck yeah, man. Um, but we haven't gotten into what uh, what calls y'all are using. All right, so I know y'all hunt teal. Um, uh-huh. Are y'all using just a mallard call for teal, or do y'all have like a, a teal specific call when y'all are out in the Florida marsh? Like, what are y'all doing as far as that goes? Yeah, uh, you know the um, I'm not going to name the name, but another <laughs> just for uh, competitive interest here for y'all. <laughs> but we're using a specific teal call, um, gotcha. and that's honestly two. Di- I mean, you know, we, your teal whistle, and then you know for the blue wings, you got the teal hen call or whatever. But right. that's really 95 percent of all we use in florida because gotcha. you just, you're not hunting you know mallards so it's just like uh. yeah if you're using either a whistle um you know i've got a buck gardener whistle mm-hmm. you know, so, uh, but uh you know we're using that whistle if we're, we're you know trying to go after some pintails or our wings you know i mean our, our green wings right but uh but yeah and then your model duck just makes a quack so, I mean, that's really the only time you use a mallard call is you might just be throwing out some, some different quack sounds. But, 
got you. Yeah, it's it's crazy to see. Um, I guess since I started working, we sell the full out of blue wing teal calls, and <laughs> um, I was just like, man, like I just always assume that people use a mallard call, and, the, and I'll tell you what, and you can use a mallard call. There's nothing wrong with it, but I guess the the way the reed is cut, mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it it sounds so much like a blue wing teal, especially after. Like I said, I saw those blue wing teal on that lake by my house. Um, I watched them for uh, over a month, you know, just out there and listening to their sounds and stuff like that. And not like I'm ever mm-hmm. going to have the opportunity to hunt a lot of blue wing teal, but just hearing their their noises that they make, it's just like, man, that blue wing teal call we make actually sounds like a blue wing teal. Like I had no idea. Like, yeah. I mean, you never get to, I guess being from around here, you don't, I mean, you obviously like early teal, which – Man, I can't stand sweating, and I don't like mosquitoes. And early teal and me, like, I would rather early goose hunt, honestly. But uh-huh. you know, I don't early teal hunt much. But it's just like, man, that's that's pretty cool. Like, you know, I guess it's made for a reason, obviously. But um, uh-huh. but when y'all went to Arkansas, I guess were, were y'all what were y'all doing there? Were y'all just trying to be on the X and you know throw out a spread, or were y'all trying to work ducks or what? We were, we were, the main thing was the objective was to, to hunt flooded timber, you know, and yep. so um, that's what we were primarily uh, at in, in the specific, well, we, we ended up hunting two different WMAs, but the first time we, we spent the first trip in the, at the specific WMA, and um, that's all we were doing, you know, we just took some, some mallard decoys with us and uh, um, would scout and try to see where we could see the birds you know and and you know and and set up a spread in the hole and you know, just that's basically what we did and in terms of calling um you know we both are not like great callers by any means um mm-hmm. so we're just trying to keep it simple and do stuff that we think we can do halfway decent like a quack yeah. like a single feed just trying to keep it simple and you know when we hunt with other guys we totally defer to these better callers you know right yeah, no, I understand, but it's crazy. And one of the coolest things, and I mean, we're we're kind of running out of time, so I won't get into that story. But it was unfortunate this past weekend. I went to Kansas and went with my dad, which was you know you and your dad hunt together, which is awesome. But you know, me and my dad have never hunted out of state together, so this was our first out of state trip, and it was it was the best hunt, best hunting experience, best hunting trip I've ever been on. I no, I don't know if anything will ever top it. Uh, because one because it was so cool. my dad, and two because we were both successful. But the wind, was, the wind was so bad that we couldn't call, and that almost takes half the fun away of it for me because, uh-huh. you know, calling for ducks, calling for geese, calling for turkeys, like, that's that's half the fun for me. And, mm-hmm. and not being able to do that, and some of the best freaking duck hunts that I've ever been on, I didn't have to pick up my duck call. And that just burns me up inside because that's what I want to do. <laughs> but if you do it, like that, it might have the opposite effect that you think it will. And so, yeah, yeah. If you were on the X, you put your lanyard back in your bag. I mean, really, yep. because you don't even need a call. And here I am on a, a duck call manufacturer's podcast telling you you don't need a duck call. But <laughs> you know, um, some of the literally some of the best hunts, even turkey hunts that I've been on, I've very rarely called. And you know, if if you're in the right place at the right time, I guess you just don't. You just need to be there. That's about it. Well, we had a we had a, a place that uh, actually we had a video on it this, this year, and we're hunting a, a flooded rice field, and I was dead set on we need to get those panel blinds over there or, or this specific area, 
did, we just shut up. And I mean, it was a beautiful thing to see. I had never hunted like that. And that was my first experience of really just not making a noise. Mm-hmm. And the pintails were just, I mean, we were seeing thousands upon thousands upon thousands of pintails. It was wild. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, you know, hunting in Arkansas, hunting in Florida and wherever else y'all have been, what's each of you, each of you tell me, what is your favorite scenario to hunt? Like, is it your, is it your roots in Florida or is it the taking the trip to the flooded Arkansas timber? Shoot. Um, I guess if, if I had to say what I'm in duck hunting for is what gets me going is the mixed bag. Um, so that's, you know, I'm not like a, uh, I know you guys like to say in the, uh, you know, in that flyway, the mallard purist. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm def- definitely not a mallard purist. I just, you know, I think it's cool to get a new duck. If I could go somewhere and shoot one duck I've never shot before and that's it for the day, that's a great day for me. Right. And, uh, you know, the I would just say the best time I've had is some of the field hunts we had this year um, where, you know, we shot five or six different species. I just, I thought it was the neatest thing. Um, and when a day comes together like that, um, that's one of my favorite things to do regardless of what state it's in. Um, for me, (laughs) thank you. (laughs) For me, it's, uh, you know, that was an incredible experience and I'm not trying to diminish how that incredible it felt for me, but being out in that timber, um, especially now that I know enough and I've got pretty good boat setups and stuff that I can get out there and be competitive. Um, and we've got some good friends that we work work with but the whole strategy and when it's really competitive out there and the ramp up to the boat launches in the morning when we put them in the water and all those things to me it's like you're playing at the super bowl you know (laughs) and i that used to make me so nervous man i mean like to the point of almost throwing up i would get so nervous you know i was like dude all these arkansas guys are gonna run us over you know uh, I don't want to, I, I mainly just didn't want to mess up anybody's hunt, you know? And, uh, and now that I know enough this past season, uh, we were there for, what was it? The second split opener? Second weekend of the first split. Yeah. Second weekend of the first split. And, um, it was as competitive and it was, I, there should be a show about it, honestly, a reality show, because when you see all the negotiating going on and, and, the friendships being made and broken and um it's it's pretty cool and then you it all leads up to that moment where you launch and you get that hole that you were striving to get um i love that competitive part and after doing all that to have have those ducks fall through those trees man to me it gets me going like nothing else (laughs) i think i'm more on tony's side uh, that, that's, <laughs> man, that, that gets the juices pumping. It's like that's what you wait all year for is is that boat launch, that boat ride. Maybe not necessarily the 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 running people over and people running over you in a race, but like going fast <laughs> through the trees and you know getting the hole that you wanted and you know making the new friendships and stuff like that. It's it's it truly is like you know what I strive for and. Right now, I'm, I'm caught up in, in turkeys, but, you know, as soon as that ends, I'll be 
right back on ducks, but it's just itching. I guess it's scratching the itch uh, for waterfowl uh, right now. <laughs> I guess that's what I would call it. Um, but we are right at the end of our podcast, but I'm going to give each of you um, time to give final words of wisdom. And, um, you know, we pretty already, pretty well already got through what is Zero Duck 30 and what y'all stand for. But go ahead and hit on that again because I think that's just so important because of what y'all are doing and what you stand for. And I want to hear it one more time. So take your turn and, and, and let me have it. Yeah, so, you know, we're just out there trying to show the reality of it. And, um, you know, like I said, you've seen on our YouTube, there's our ups and downs from day one. And that's just what we're about, man. We're just trying to show the reality of it, spread the good word. Um, and the positive aspects of hunting and uh, just keep it real is our big thing. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I would, I would agree with the same thing. And, and here's one thing that, that's an observation um, is, you know, where a lot of people think that our sport has got more duck hunters than we ever had. That's not true. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Billy on on uh, the Doc Duck podcast actually brought up those numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, the reality is, guys, is the baby boomers like my parents, they are getting too old to be able to hunt or they've, they've gone past on. And that was a big number of people that were losing. And with the new people coming into the sport, just, you know, it's, it's about going out there and helping somebody. And, and we just believe that the more that we do that and the more that we show that is that we're going to change the, the overall dynamic of the hunter's approach to the sport. There you go. That I mean, couldn't have said it any any better myself I, I agree with that 100 percent. and man we we had a, a really good episode here and if you are tuning in i'm about to hop on the zero duck 30 podcast with them that way they can interrogate me this time and so <laughs> after you get done with this one or maybe you, you heard that one come jump on this one but either way this one was a good one and I'm really looking forward to the one we're going to do with y'all uh, here in just a minute um, because we had a really good talk and man, we hit on some really good things and, 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 and just talking to people that, that want to do it the right way and are doing it the right way and, and showing the reality of it, man, that just uh, fires me up. And, you know, I appreciate y'all coming on and um, where can everybody find y'all on social media wise? Yeah. So um, zero duck 30 on Instagram and Facebook just spelled out um, and it's, three zero the numbers not you know the letters but uh on tiktok we're underscore zero duck 30 and then uh just zero duck 30 on youtube as well gotcha and i believe y'all are gonna have some merch coming out soon am i right yeah we're just kind of in the same boat everyone's in right now with you know hats are back ordered and uh but we gotta you know we're talking to companies and trying to get stuff done but for sure in this off season we're gonna have um some merch and stuff coming out so gotcha Well, guys, I do appreciate it, and uh, we will catch y'all next time.